Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are your hosts, Matthew Miller and Joe Musidla. It is good to be with you as we record this on, uh, goodness, going by quick, August 21st, uh, 2019. And this uh, actually comes, this particular, uh, well, episode comes from something that was uh, being discussed online so let's go over to if my computer's going to cooperate here Joel chapter 1 there we go and I'm just going to start reading from the NASB and I think it was just the first two verses if I remember correct so I'll just read the first two and then we'll uh, I'll get Matthew on here and we'll uh, we'll start talking about this the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, O elders, and listen, all inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days or in your father's days? Tell your sons about it, and let your sons tell their sons and their sons the next generation. So, uh, quite interesting start on this one. Um, but let's, uh, let's get Matthew in here. Matthew, how are you doing? I am good tonight. Little, um, little frazzled over all the, uh, diatribe going on here with, uh, Joel chapter one. We, you know, we, I threw something out there. I was like, well, what do we want to do? I picked, uh, Joel and, uh, James. And, uh, so we did a vote and came up with. Joel, and uh, from there, I was expecting to get a whole lot more covered than just the first two verses, but boy, we uh, cranked out a whole lot of notes there with just the first two verses. Uh, But ladies and gentlemen, if you want to uh, join the party, I guess, the shindig, um, you'll have to send me a Facebook uh, request, I guess. It shouldn't be too easy for you to, you know, or too hard for you to find. And uh, send me a note that you want to join the Ecclesia Bots, teaching the Bible study. So, uh, pretty exciting stuff 
uh, going on there, but I needed to let everybody know where to get those show notes because, well, you'll want to take a look at them for yourself because we, we put all this down to notes. So, um, you know, looking at it right out, uh, off the bat, uh, of course, Tammy was the first to say, well, what does the first, uh, you know, name mean and all of that good stuff? And, well, literally speaking, uh, if you're going to translate this from literally from Hebrew into English, it says that the Lord, he is God, and this is what he says, or this is his vision. Uh, literally speaking, this is what is going to come. So uh, the opening verse is really a whole lot deeper than anybody thinks because uh, people have heard him say that before. You know, the Lord, he is God, and besides him, there is no other. I mean, he says that lots of different ways, but it's pretty important to come to grips with you know, what, it's, what it's actually saying there. So it was just interesting to me right out from the get-go. Uh, the simple fact that this is pretty important, but, you know, from there, he mentions things that you're really not expecting him to mention, and nobody else really does think about. So, Joe, what's what's your thoughts on the opening verse there? Let's see, on the opening verse, it's, uh, it, it is interesting. Uh, hear this, O elders, and listen, all inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days or your father's days? Um, and then in two, three, uh, tell your sons about it and let your sons tell their sons and their sons the next generation. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the exact verse in, uh, What is it, Luke 21? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it was either, I think it was you or Tammy. I think it was you on here. I'm not looking exactly at it here, but uh, that had mentioned uh, a ripple effect from generation to generation, and I really like that description. Um it did bring to mind, I'm trying to think of what Luke 21 was, uh, but basically it was, uh, I can almost see it, um, well, the roaring of the seas, and uh, when you had mentioned in there a ripple effect, that's what came forth in my mind, was a, a almost a roaring of the generations. Uh, between this verse and that verse. Um, but you can kind of see here that uh, he's definitely wanting you to, from the elders, uh, all the inhabitants, as well as, uh, and then goes goes on from, from there, uh, you know, of an event. And it kind of reminds you and brings you back to the event of the Exodus, or something of great magnitude, and you know, as I don't know how many times he tells us to remember that event. So, I, I my mind uh, has to go back there as well to uh, the Exodus when he says, you know, has anything like this happened in in the day in in your days or in your father's days? But this is uh, something that's even. More so, or 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 extreme, 
than even that event or likened to it at the very least. So that's that's kind of what uh, comes out to me at first. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He only uses this this type of phraseology to describe the Exodus. Uh, Exodus chapter 10, verse 2 um, bears the same thing, that you may relate it to your children and to their children, yada, 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 how he had done this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Psalm 78 says the exact same thing. The Exodus is the only thing you're supposed to mention from generation to generation. So he's literally in your face using this 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 phraseology, <clears throat> expecting you to know that uh, I'm describing a second Exodus. That's the only thing he can be describing is an Exodus event. But yes, whenever you look at it, you you see what a generation wave is, and that wave here has five different ripples, and. Uh, a lot of people miss over what he's literally saying, but let's let's look at time itself. He says, "Has this been in your days or your father's days?" Literally, this is the present days. You understand? Mm-hmm. This is the present days, and he's going to tell you the future days. So, in relationship to this generation. You have present days and future days. So he puts this down as tell your children and your children tell their children. And their children, this is where the key is, the next generation or another generation. So here beyond any shadow of a doubt, what he's saying is a patriarch, the patriarch's heir, okay, and then the heir's sons, grandsons, and the heir's great-grandsons. He's literally telling you five waves. Hmm. Five ripples in this wave. So, people don't really stop to think about what he's saying. The magnitude of everything being directed toward this, this patriarch joke. This patriarch hinges on everything. And he's saying in a way that, well, he's not addressing the patriarch. You understand? He's addressing the heir, Joe. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Because he words it in such a way that... Now, now listen, ladies and gentlemen, listen. It says, Hath anything in your days or even the days of your father... So he's addressing the heir, not the patriarch himself. He's forcing you to see, well, what I call the exogen. That, that's, that's really what it is, the, the exogen. We all know what happened during the exodus, ladies and gentlemen, that all the of that generation died. They all died. He's desperately wanting you to see that this wave in time literally points you to Revelation chapter 6. There's no way around it. There's just no way around it. And it's magnificent how he puts all this together, uh, all this information for you to see that in the future you need to look when, well, there's going to be something to do with the fifth element. 
literally the fifth element. He's, he's literally coming out and telling you there's going to be uh, a fifth event that's going to mimic exactly what I'm saying. And, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, uh, the fifth seal answers everything we just talked about. It literally answers everything we just talked about. Because there, uh, you literally uh, get, well, you get the pre-gen. What I call the pre-gen. Not the next gen, because ladies and gentlemen, the fifth seal event is about the martyrs. So, even a Greek calls them martyrs for a reason. Now, the adults, or that generation, the exogen, they had to die. They never got to enter the promised land. So, literally, it's screaming out to you that the pregen is the martyrs. They've already died. This is why he's directing the heir and not the patriarchs. This is why, and nobody sees it. But if you if you tear this apart into uh, uh, the Hebrew and or the Greek, I mean, you could do it either way. You begin to realize that he's focusing uh, your direction that way, and this has been worded in such a way that it is absolutely pointing that way. If you can just see it, if you can get that point to realize that, oh my goodness, that's why the fifth seal event is the martyrs because. Prophetically here, the only thing that can be referred to in the pregen is, of course, the exogen. So when you put those things together, it's just enough to blow you away once you definitively see it. It's, it's off the hook great. So, Joe, back to you. What's your thoughts on what I just shared? No, it absolutely is enough to blow blow you away. Um, uh, it, it kind of <laughs> wow. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. Uh, uh, it's breathtaking to to look at this, and then it, I, I love that he always has that. Uh, well, it's it, it's like you know, as as you study this, no matter what, you you see this uh, almost like a, a stamp of beginning from the end, beginning from the end, you know, and from the beginning uh, th- throughout the entirety. And so I always enjoy, uh, I guess, seeing his mark, if you will, and. Uh, in his words, so. Um. Well, it's it's pretty amazing once you read <clears throat> Numbers chapter fourteen, where where this comes from, uh, and you literally realize that the corpses he's talking about prophetically is those martyrs. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely off the hook because most people, Joe, be honest with me, when you're reading those first uh, two verses. In uh, in Joel, did you see any cross references to Numbers fourteen at all? I personally did not. No, I, I when I first spoke, that was what came to my mind uh, was those the verses that I spoke of, <clears throat> but not well, but not Numbers fourteen. Well, that's just off the hook. So I'm sitting here looking at the New American Standard Bible, no reference. Switch it over to the KJV, 
no cross-reference. So uh, here's two anyway. Um, that there's no way you could prophetically see exactly what God was expecting you to see. It's just not the cross-reference to two of the, well, the main Bibles, because scholars generally use New American Standard Bible. And then you have everybody else, which generally uses the KJV. Uh, and neither one of these Bibles gives a cross-reference to where you need to go. But once you hear it, that's when you really get it. So, you want to take uh, take a gander at Numbers chapter 14, Joe? Uh, yeah, well, let's see. It was 14... It was, it's uh, 26 through 38. Okay. 26 through 38. There we go. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who are grumbling against me? I have heard the complaints of the sons of Israel, which they are making against me. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I surely do to you. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness, even all your numbered men, according to your complete number, from twenty years old and upward, who have grumbled against me. Uh, surely you cannot come into the land in which I swore to you, except uh, Caleb and son of oh, I'm in, <laughs> Jephenu, uh and Joshua, the son of Nun. Your children, however, whom you said would become a prey, I will bring them in, and they will know the land which you have rejected. But as for you, your corpses will fall in this wilderness. Your sons will be shepherds for forty years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness, according to the number of of days which you spied out the land, forty days. For every day you shall bear your guilt a year, even forty years, and you will know my opposition." I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this I will do to all the evil congregation who are gathered against me. In this wilderness they shall be destroyed, and there they will die. As for men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, and who returned and made the congregation grumble against me by bringing out a bad report concerning the land... So that's that's pretty magnificent when you realize exactly everything that's being said. Verse 33 lets you know why Joe is referring to the heir. He's speaking to the heir, not the patriarch. That's why Joel did that. So when you look at this and you, you realize, oh my goodness, this is why he just said everything he just said. It's right here and it's here prophetically that you get – well – you get a whole lot of prophecy here. Uh, this sets up the entire well. Verse 31, I'm just going to read it, and everybody's just going to have to swallow what it says. Your children, however, who you said would become prey, I, 
will bring them in. Lord have mercy. Um, and they will know the land which you have rejected, of course. Um, well, we're supposed to be longing for the kingdom of heaven, correct, Joe? Correct. And not too many people's doing that. They're working on their retirement, correct? Correct. And literally speaking, well, you can see how prophetically everything you just read here stands out. I mean, it screams out to you, does it? Absolutely. So <laughs> the phraseology here is absolutely off the hook, but uh, verse 34, this this last phrase that, that he uses. It's pretty well off the hook when you can look at the Hebrew language and know that it's an alphanumerical language. You can see what's being done here because that, that phrase, um, the translation that Joe read said opposition. But uh, what does the KJV say? Let's say the KJV says uh, my breach of promise, uh, the New American Standard Bible. Uh, says uh, my opposition. Yeah, that's where Joe got that from. So that phrase in Hebrew, it's very strange. It's 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 Aleph Tov. Everybody knows the Aleph Tov 401, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, uh, I bet you do. Um, but that phrase right there equals a very strange number. It's 1,268. And when I look at it, I'm like, now wait a minute. He just I mean, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about the 1,260 days. So why did he add eight days to it? And it just, well, I mean, that's a recurring theme only in the New Testament, not in the Old Testament. And when you look at it, it begins to be kind of strange. So, so what could this possibly be talking about? Well, let's let's, let's read the verses. Luke chapter nine, verse twenty-eight. Some eight days after these things, he took Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. Luke 2.21 And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. John chapter 20 and verse 26. Eight days, the disciples working inside and Thomas was with them Jesus came the doors of being shut and stood in their midst and said peace be with you Acts chapter 25 and verse 6 after he had spent not more than 8 or 10 days among them he went down to Caesarea and on the next day he took a seat in the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought so it's just a trip when you know about this this infamous 8 days uh, just in the New Testament, it does catch your attention. And to me, it's pretty pretty off the hook that he's that he's looking there. But Joe, your your thoughts on the odds of that, or what your thoughts are on those verses? <laughs> on the odds? <laughs> uh, no odds. Uh, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, you can absolutely tie that in, and it 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 expounds. It's it's amazing that you have two verses 
uh, switch over to Numbers 14, and it says almost the, you know, the exact same thing, or at least, let me see, how do I describe that? It, it, it definitely encapsulates those two verses in, in Joel and expounds upon them. Um, it, it really, you know, and especially with him going back uh, for us to remember the exodus and then tying in, well, what started it was the slaughter of the innocents. And then uh, going forward, it's, yeah, it's enough to blow your mind. This is off the hook. Once you realize he's talking about the 1,260 days, once you expand that out, and you realize that, that, that one of the verses, that has the eight days is there with Thomas when Christ couldn't stood when when Thomas was there and Christ come and stood among them right even though the doors were locked hmm. I mean I read that to you right mm-hmm. I definitively read that to you well in the Hebraic alphanumeric you go back to Numbers chapter 14 go to verse 10 and this is what it says but all the congregations said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. You realize that they were getting ready to stone them. Mm-hmm. And then God himself showed up. Now, now, this is, look. Look, ladies and gentlemen, it says, okay, he was, he was inside, right? Mm-hmm. Does everybody forget what I, look, here, well, here, let me read it again. John chapter 20, verse 26. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Okay, let's prophetically look at this verse, okay? This is just the exact opposite. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of the meeting. You understand, ladies and gentlemen, the glory of the Lord appeared and saved them from Moses and Aaron from being stoned. So, when do you realize that, well, in the New Testament, Thomas was doubting, right? And he come in, and what's the first thing Jesus says? Here, put your finger in the hole, right? You all know the story. Well, Christ is resurrected, and here, the exact opposite thing has happened. Instead of one, you have all the children of Israel showing up to stone the two witnesses. Let me say that a different way. Mm-hmm. Moses and Aaron. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just off the hook how it comes full circle there. Now, now we're going to read uh, verse 14 because this also alphanumerically in the Hebrew has the 1,260 sequence. They will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, the Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord... Are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them, and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Absolutely off the hook. Off the hook. This being the case, you should be able to go to, um, well, the chapters that we talked about, Revelation chapter 6, and literally be able to put two and two together. And figure out everything that's getting ready to happen. Now, what blows me away is 
well, Joe, how many people have you ever even heard get this far in the book of Job? Uh, I never heard anybody talk about the book of Joel. Oh, come on. You had heard somebody talk about Joel's army, right? Oh, well, okay, the song, I guess. So, uh, I mean, we've covered quite a lot of information here, Joe. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, I mean literally speaking, um, if you don't know what what we're talking about, you you literally have to get the notes on it. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, I don't know any other way to put it. In order for you to digest everything that Joe and I just said, you need to look at the show notes for yourself because I have the Hebrew right there. You can. You can add up the numbers if you'd like to. You can see the verses I'm talking about. This is all documented. It's all chronicled. And it's off the hook because... Well, look, ladies and gentlemen. Let me say this against slow, just so you're able to fathom. 1,260 alphanumerically is in Numbers 14 twice. It's in verse 10. And verse 14. But it's also in Job chapter 1 twice. It's in verse 5 and it's in verse 18. So, with that in mind, that should take you completely by surprise. It's, it's. Look, what are the odds of that, Joe? I mean, seriously. Um. Well, you you have two verses that that can, or two verses. <laughs> okay, putting together Numbers fourteen and, and Joel uh, one, uh, you, you well, okay, you just said for yourself in in two of the uh, studies online that they're not there. The cross references aren't there. So uh, put those together alphanumerically. Uh, four different times in each of these, even though they, they fit together seamlessly. And then he does it again with four different times of, of uh, the alphanumerics of... of uh, uh, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> like I said, it, his stamp, it's it's like a signature. He, and it's, it's breathtaking. It's absolutely breathtaking of the 1260 in four different occurrences. It's just off the hook, ladies and gentlemen. If, if you want to get the documentation so you can look at it for yourself, like I said, send me a Facebook friend request and then send me a private message saying, Matthew, can I get into the Ecclesia Bible study? And uh, you just need to take a look at it. It's just off the hook, but... I give the verses here so you can do the alphanumerical calculations yourself. Um, let's take a look at Joel chapter 1, verse 5. It contains the 1,260 sequence. Awake, drunkards, and weep and wail, all you wine drinkers, on account of the sweet wine that is cut off from your mouth. Uh, this prophetically... Um, well, first off, it, it, it makes my mind rush to, well, when the earth will reel to and fro, for one. But uh, let's get to the next one. 
let's read uh, verse 18. So verse 18 of Joel chapter 1 also has the 1260 sequence in it. The beast groan, the herds of cattle wander aimlessly, because there is no pasture for them, even the flocks of sheep suffer. Uh, here's another direct uh, hit that something is going to be terribly wrong with the, uh, well, the earth. And it cues you into something. It, it's Look, it says even the flocks of sheep suffer. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, you should prophetically be expecting Karal's rebellion. So, uh, it's just off the hook, uh, the way it's put. And, uh, you know, I think we ought to take a, a read of uh, Revelation, the sixth chapter. Uh, so... We can put two and two and two and two together, and uh, well, it's just to me, it's off the hook. You want the entirety, or start with six nine? Um, let's see. You know what? Do what you think best. Six nine. That that's just fine with me. Um. <coughs> yeah, go ahead, Joe. Uh, whatever you think best. Okay. Here we go. NASB, start with 6-9. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth. And there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed even as they had been would be completed also. Joe, let me say something. You know, before we were reading Numbers, how it pointed out uh, the testimony of the two witnesses, that was Joshua and Caleb? Mm-hmm. Immediately when, you, when it said that, uh, the testimony that they maintained, it just leaped in my brain, it was those two witnesses. Hmm. And, you know, I appreciate that, that you wanted to start reading in verse 9. And it's good that you did so, uh, that people could, could grasp what was being stated. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you look at the prior, um, well, the prior seal, it, it says something that's really important, and it, and it forces you to look at it. It, it forces you to uh, be prepared for what's about to say. Mm. Well, well, Joe, why don't you read uh, the prior um, seal, the third seal? The third? Or the fourth? Fourth. Okay. The fourth, I'm sorry. Okay. When the Lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come. I looked, and behold, an ashen horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades following with him authority was given to them 
over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with famine, and with pestilence, and by the wild beast of the earth. It's just off the hook that he prefaced that with all the death. And you go to Numbers chapter 18, and that's exactly what God was saying about the heir's generation. I mean, you read the two together beside each other, mm-hmm. and you realize, oh my goodness, it's saying the exact thing. And at this point, you realize that, yes, he said that this entire generation was going to die because you were bad, and uh, yada, yada, yada. And here, he goes, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you, you have to come to the grips with the simple fact that, well, what about the, the previous writers? Why, why weren't they called death and Hades? Why not? Because they just weren't. But then you begin to realize, well, we should start looking for people to be numbered. Literally speaking, I mean, we should be looking for something great to happen. But if you read, you know, the the sixth seal event, then it really comes into stark contrast what's going on because... If you don't know what the sixth seal event is before you start reading uh, the rest of Joel chapter 1, you're going to be confused. And that's a fact. And uh, it's just off the hook, Joe, that... I mean, you realize we're only talking about the first two verses so far. (laughs) I was just thinking that. Yep. Yep. I mean, imagine what you can learn. In the whole chapter of Joe, of the whole book, I mean, Joe, it's not that big of a book. It's mm. only three chapters long. Right. So, but him starting out with that phrase that, hey, this is going to be an event that mimics the Exodus because I'm telling you to tell your children, their children, the future generations. He's only used that phraseology to describe the wonders he performed in the Exodus. Mm-hmm. So you should know up front there is a wonderful Exodus coming up. That's what is to come. And it's just it's just off the hook to me. I mean it's it's enough to blow your mind. But uh you know there's there's things he said well if you read the entirety of Revelation chapter 6, um, oh my goodness. Uh, it's all kind of right there. It, yeah. Uh, because that's... Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's remember this. There's phraseology used there. Remember I said that... How does Joel start off? Said, Has this ever been heard of in your father's days or your days? He's forcing you to see that. He doesn't include your children, your children's children. He doesn't say all that until the next phraseology. So when he says something like uh, like this, follow us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Now, you can't see prophetically. That's why he's using that phraseology in Joel. Um, you're looking at, at, at Joel with 
well, you're kind of nearsighted. Because literally, uh, Joel chapter 1 completely sets you up for Revelation chapter 6. It sets it up. Literally sets it up. And, and it's just enough to to blow me away. Um, here, let's read Joel verse 2 again. Hear this, O elders, and listen, O inhabitants of the land. Has anything happened in your days or your father's days? Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you need to tear this apart in the Hebrew and the Greek to really get the full gist of it. Because the English, no matter what version we use, just ain't cutting it. It's just not. So when you put all these things together, you should be expecting, Joe, that – well, you should expect that the three chapters of Joel is going to be off the hook. Mm-hmm. And it is not going to teach you what you want to hear. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you that right now, especially chapter two. Chapter two of Joel – literally contradicts nearly all of the eschatology that's preached today. And Joe, I'm that that's just a fact. Right. No, I, I thought we already did that. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean I shouldn't laugh, but it's it's you know, like you stated, you know, you were you were asking me who who else talks about this uh and like i said i i had no answer i don't reply to that so in that fact it's not a laughing matter and it's it's not but at the same time i i have to marvel at the first three verses of the vastness of information and how he can well get our minds to transverse from here all the way to the book of Revelation uh, across, uh, well, time. Just absolutely breathtaking when you realize how much information we've covered with just the first two verses. But once you know where to look, once you know what he's wanting you to compare it to, then you have a firm foundation to build off of. And you'll take note, Joe. How many writers are there? Four. That's right. And what's about to be described in Joel is four waves of something, that's for sure. Hmm. So... I can't impress upon this enough, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to see the documentation for this, uh, just send me a Facebook request and uh, send me a message uh, asking if you can join the Ecclesia Bible Study because uh, we're just getting started. But like I stated, everything I've shared tonight, it's in text. You can copy it, paste it for yourself and uh, do the calculations, look at the verses… And it will blow your mind. But 
telling you this right now. If you're expecting it to say what all these so-called prophecy experts are talking about, you're going to be dead wrong. Because that's not what the Bible says. But if you want the information, oh, he gives it to you. He don't have a problem giving it to you. So, show your thoughts, your closing comments, I guess. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> I, I will throw in one thing. and, and uh, Well, it's been something that you and I have talked about a lot here recently. You spoke of waves and, uh, well, Europa was once again in the news and it also reminds me of that as well. Um, wow. Just a, a huge amount of information within three verses. Um, definitely, uh, if you're listening to this, you definitely want to, uh, well, you're going to want to send Matthew, uh, a friend request on, uh, on Facebook there and, and come check this out for yourself because, uh, well, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, it, well, I'm hoping that's where your idea of retirement is. Um, so come take a look. Come and see. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I've gotten a lot of attention using that. Uh, I had it in one of my intros, uh, intros or two, didn't I? Yes. Yes. Yep. Actually, I think it's on WI2C introduction. I don't know. We'll see. Mm -hmm. um, so, ladies and gentlemen, um, boy, if you want to uh, get into the Bible, God's holy word, come and see. Amen to that. Come and see. Well... Um, Joe, I guess you ought to pray us out of here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads and we bow our hearts before your throne, Father. Father, first and foremost, I thank you. Father, I thank you so much for this time, Father. I thank you for the blessing of your word, Father. I, I thank you that you will you open our minds and you open our hearts to what, what it is that you want us to see, Father, especially in this time. I feel a desperation. Father, I just feel a deep desperation for those to know, especially right now, especially right now, what it is you have said and what it is that you will do. And Father, I ask that uh, those that do hear this, that you... Father, it's, it's, it's a seed. It's a seed of 
wanting more, Father, wanting more, to know more, to know you, Father. I pray that we have done your will tonight, Father. And Father, I pray that it is a blessing to everyone that hears it. And Father, I thank you once again for this time. And I ask that you bless it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, hallelujah to that. Amen, hallelujah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, until next time.